everybody, it's me, Roscoe, and welcome to another episode of the Kings of Anglia Itches Town podcast. I'm in the hot seat, as you all know from the last episode. If you hadn't listened to the last episode, go back and listen to it, and then listen to this one. But yes, hope you had a good week, and it's a leap day today, February 29th. We get this every four years, um, so an extra day in February, and um, yeah, hope you enjoy that. I'm here with AJ and Stu as we bring you a mailbag special. Let's bring the boys in. Stu! The boss, how are you? Um, very well, thank you. Yeah, you've you've come up with some some leap year content for us today, uh, which I haven't read yet. But uh, you've delved into the archives, haven't you? Looked at games on on leap days. Ipswich Town players born on on a leap day. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know why. When I was looking, I started the year. I was like sort of planning my sort of next few months and some random content and I saw there's a leap year this year I thought why not so I looked at birthdays games um it's a weird one isn't it like players who are born on this day or anybody born this day if you're a listener who are born on the you know 29th of February let us know what how do you do do you celebrate on the 28th do you celebrate on the 1st of March do you not celebrate at all you just gotta wait every four years it's <laughs> my daughter said to me last night she was trying to get her head around she's nearly eight and she was trying to get her head around the concepts of uh leap years and uh she said, "Well, so if you was born on a on a leap year, Daddy, you would you would be." And she was trying to work out whether she, I'd be in the same year of her at school because uh, I would age slowly. So, yeah, I was was trying to was trying to get that one sorted last night. Yeah, it's an interesting one, but yeah, check it out. Um, it will be online by the time this comes out. So check out that little there. Darren Ambrose, Nicholas Gunnarsson, and Mike Pullett, who are the birthdays this year. That sort of gives away the story already, but. Still, still read it and check it out. Uh, AJ, come in, my friends. Hope you're well. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever known anybody who was born on a leap leap day? No, I haven't. My my question was going to be: Has there ever been a leap day pod before? Is this the first one? This will need to be one that you need to go back and check before we put probably this not. out. But maybe this this might be the first ever leap day yeah. KOA pod, which I think is quite exciting. Yeah, I think because last leap year was 2020 in town. Once again, it spoils the story again. Um, you've already read, already read it before you listen to this. The twentieth, um, the twenty twenty um, against Blackpool at Bloomfield when we lost two one. Of course, before there was a massive pandemic happened. Um, but yeah, that was back then. So um, so yeah, probably hasn't been a leap day year pod. So um, wow. we're breaking breaking history here today, ladies and gentlemen. Zero recollection of that game at all. I would hundred percent have been there. Yes, they lost two one in twenty twenty. Yeah. They conceded a ninety third minute goal. It was a very, it was rain at the game. At the end of the game, it absolutely pissed it down. And I got very wet doing the interviews. Uh, but yeah, happened, like, Sears most scored. weeks. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, Freddie Sears scored an equaliser after they took the lead. Uh, Dewsbury Hall scored for Blackpool. Okay, I don't know. And then yeah, Freddie Sears could have scored a winner late on. But uh, it got saved, and then Blackpool went down the other end and scored. So uh, yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't a great day at, at Bloomfield. I've wiped so many of these games from my memory, Ross. It's worrying. I have found the uh, the famous Stuart Watson goal, Blackpool two one Nottingham. <laughs> so he <laughs> was there. You were oh, there. Yes. Heartbreaking, yeah. incredibly open game after the equaliser. Always looked like there'd be another goal. Blackpool get it. Yeah. There you go. He was at Black, Blackburn, wasn't he? I think he might have been linked to Ipswich yeah. at one yeah, stage, so, Joe Nuttall. Yeah, I think so. My um, little fun thing, before we get into the mailbag, obviously, um, I actually st- stayed around good old Liam from Cruz Nans, Jones, 
for that weekend um because it's like around the corner so um shout out to liam from cruise nan <laughs> um <laughs> who uh served us a very nice meal after the game so uh yeah good old joan good old joan uh but boys we're here to bring you our listeners um a mailbag special we haven't done one of these for a while this is probably the first of 2024 if i can think i think it is I think the last one we did was the Christmas special. So uh, we're dipped into the mailbag. And um, obviously we found out uh, AJ was in a choir and can sing. So um, obviously he's got to be the man to sing the, the jingle. Because I, I sang it on the last episode, but I was like, no, we've got to proper sing it in the house, Stu. So AJ, you, you were saying off air, you need to know the words. So uh, Stu, shall we give him a bit of uh, help here? Let's just mailbag, mailbag. It's time for... Ross, Stu, and Alex to dip into the mailbag. Is it any a bit more tuneful? Any in particular tune, or do I just mailbag? Mailbag. It's time for Ross, Alex, Stu to dip into the mailbag. Oh, okay, that's quite easy. Right. Okay, we ready? You got to yeah, do your local warm up. I'm going to mute myself just so I can cough quick. <laughs> in his throat. Mailbag. Mailbag. And for Ross, Alex, and Stu to dip into the mailbag. Do 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 do. Although I don't know, I don't know. Am I supposed to do any more with it? A little bit, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think you fully committed. No, no, I, I need, need to go listen through and to, to what I'm supposed to do here. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I, Hutchie. To be fair to him, he he was pro for this, and obviously we should bring him back to... for the. Maybe um, <laughs> Just, we see him every match day. We should just like, can you quickly just record, uh, pre-record something for us? So um, all I tried to do was on. copy what Stu did. Yeah, but Stu was just doing it as a, just give you a little bit of you know, this is what you got to say. Yeah, that's what we, I needed. We wanted more like you know, the vocals to come out and you know. Yeah, anyway. well, my voice broke about or oh, what fifteen years ago. That's a bit dramatic, but at least ten or so years ago, a lot of that went. <laughs> So that that will be the big issue here, but yeah, okay. I'll, I will. The, the practice will get underway. First, it was your first go. Your first go. You'll you'll you know. Hopefully, you improve throughout mm-hmm. the, the next mailbags. But um, yeah, we've got a lot of questions from you listeners. So thanks very much for getting involved. Uh, we're going to start actually with Heafy. He's done a question. Um, of course, enjoying his holiday, and um, he's uh, had a mud crab. He said, um, this is a question to me. He said, I know you love prawns, oranges and Welsh cakes, but have you ever tried mug crab? I haven't. Um, I do like crab, though. I've had crab. But what is a mud crab? I think it is they basically live they live in mud. And then, yeah. But boys, you had mud crab? Nope. No. Move on from that, then. They, look, they um, look quite scary. I've just Googled one. They look fairly... Big, large. I found a photo of a man holding up a giant mud crab, which looks about half the size of him. So, I don't know, maybe if you've got a big appetite, fair enough. Yeah, protein and all that. I'm sure, you know, it's <laughs> not too bad. Um, so, there we go. Move on from that one. Uh, let's do a bit of darts here. This is from Robert Enzaberry or Enderbury Boy. In the, oh, God, I can't even say his name. Oh, sorry, sorry. Robert, question from Robert. Um, if the Kings played a darts match, who would win? Or that he wouldn't like this question. He hates darts, so um, he won't be involved. Uh, but yeah, who would win? Alex the Nuke Jones, Ross the Bully Boy Halls. I'm not a bully. I'm a kind man. Stuart Voltage Watson. I should be Voltage, really, Stu, because I was, you know, once upon a time struck by lightning. <laughs> um, or Mark the Iceman Heath. 
Uh, what would you choose as your pro darts nickname? I think they're not bad nicknames, but yeah, boys, you got a nickname you would use to your sort of walk on music? I think we've covered this before as well. I, I don't feel like mine necessarily works. I feel like they've nope. taken mine based on another darts player who is about 12. And I assume that that's where the correlation has come from there. I don't know. We we went through the, the nickname, so I can't remember what it was. So was it for boxing or something like that? We did a nickname so. one. And Yours has got really to be the choir boy, surely. Yeah. I, uh, Mark goes with voice of an angel a lot. So that's that works. But yeah, choir boy, I think, works well. Something like that. Or Blades things. of Glory. Alex Blades of Glory Jones. Bit of a mouthful, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Alex the Bolero Jones. The Blade? Ooh, yeah, yeah. I like that. We're going to go with that. Okay. Normally, it's uh, normally I've kind of got stuck with the doctor, haven't I? And I think that would work. We discussed. Um, Mark the teeth, Heath. I think he's, <laughs> yeah. he's he's embraced that one, hasn't he? Since he's yeah. got his new new pearly gnashes installed. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could be lightning, couldn't you? If you. Yeah. I did delve into that with you a little bit recently, actually, because when, when it was we were walking somewhere in the rain and, and that story came up, you you've kind of regressed a little bit on that story, haven't you? You're not as confident that you were definitely hit by lightning. You kind of then was like, oh, it might have struck near me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen a video where someone like catch something and they did like this, you know, Superman? Oh no, it's not Superman. The Spider-Man like web. Like, see if they webs come out, I was like, no. It didn't mm. work. Where they've like catch stuff and out of nowhere, like how do I catch that? And then, psh, no. <laughs> so maybe I was, I was like that as well. Like maybe I was like hoping stuff. Like one day I could just do stuff and that nah, didn't work. But um, but now I think Ross the Boss Halls would be my my dance name, the Ross the Boss. So um, although I'm not the boss here, I'm very much you know low low tier here. So um, but yeah, who'd win though, boys? Uh, I don't know. I think AJ, you you seem like a darts maybe player. I don't know. I played darts. I haven't played darts for a while. I actually was trying to think the last time I played was actually last year. And bringing up good old Liam from Crew again, we played in the Douglas Bader pub in Marsham. Shout out to them. Um, and we were rubbish. We were rubbish. It wasn't great, but it was good fun. We were there for, for hours playing the round the clock game, round the world, whatever it's called. Um, but we weren't great. But um, Stu, AJ, are you any good at darts? I fear I would hit the wall a lot. Okay. There'd be, I feel like there'd be a lot of fines that would have to go to the pub for like some sort of criminal damage of me throwing darts into the wall. Um, these kind of pub games, I, I try my best, but don't always go too well. I mean, Ross is very big on playing pool. I love pool. As I've learned, yeah. having gone around uh, the streets of Innsbruck before, trying to find somewhere to play pool um last summer which was uh not something that worked and every time we were getting there i was thinking he's really up for pool he's going to absolutely wipe the floor with me here it's going to be an absolute demolition uh so i don't know dots again not really my thing i have a feeling this would be another one where i, I wouldn't do too well still you dance man i'm fancying my chances more and more hearing you boys talk <laughs> yeah um yeah, round round the world, round the clock, I'd, I'd be all right at that. Start talking about hitting trebles and doubles. I'm I'm struggling, but that'd be fun. We'll give it a go. Idea for future podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Um, question uh, next up, boys. You want a, a football question, or should we do another silly one? Take on a, do some football. Yeah, take on a football one. Okay, uh, this is maybe more question for Stu, really, uh, but you can get involved if you want, AJ, as you're here. Um, this is from ITFC Godbooth. Um, 
aka at immense ITFC. Uh, which Mick McCarthy era player would play best under McKenna and vice versa? So we're bringing in Mick McCarthy here. But there's a few candidates in there, Stu. I think Sam Morsey would be probably a good Mick McCarthy player, obviously, because he's just fights for the ball. Cameron Burgess, maybe, as well. Yeah, uh, I think there's an obvious candidate for the Mick era coming into this current team, and that's Adam Webster. Mm. Um, ball playing centre half. You can imagine what what uh, Kieran could do with him, and obviously what what Adam's gone on to do with his career. Um, ironically, the one that Mick would probably want most is someone um, that he actually signed himself, and that's Kiefer Moore. Um, the current guys of Kiefer Moore um, never really got his chance to to uh, to get his feet under the table, did he? Un- under Mick with those substitute appearances, but beyond that, I'm probably looking at. He'd probably love a Lewis Travis or a Dominic Ball. Solid, reliable, consistent performers in midfield. Nothing too flashy. They're probably the names that jump off the page for me. And I think there's been a lot of questions from town fans, like what Kieran McKenna could have done with Andre Dezel, maybe, or Flynn Downs if they were still here. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. But, uh, yeah, AJ, you thinking of any names? Obviously, before your time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think Dazel and Downs are the two that jumped out. Um, Jonas Knudsen might be an interesting one in the Kieran McKenna team. I know that when he got um, released, because obviously Ross picked that up lightning fast, former Hughes, former, not Hughes, former Blues correspondent, um, there was quite a bit of talk. Oh, he'd do a, he'd do a job in this uh, McKenna team. So, yeah, I think uh, that would be my one there. And in terms of vice versa, you're thinking of kind of the big physical players that Stu's named, I think keep them all. And this was the one that jumped to my mind. And I was like, well, that happened before and it didn't really end too well. But I feel like this keep them all would be a different story. So those would be mine. Yeah. I like that. And uh, I've got another question that actually links up with the ex-Blues correspondent. And this is from the Welsh K-Dog, Kieran Newsbury. Um, and he asked, basically, uh, who would, out of the current town team, would you know play the longest? Um, obviously, with a few who are in their now 30s now, but who do you reckon? I think Connor Chapman's probably a good candidate. I think you'll want to play until we, you can't walk anymore. But um, any other boys? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it's such a position-based thing, though, isn't it? Because you look at forward players and often their kind of key characteristics start to decline quite quickly. Unless, I mean, I feel like maybe someone like George Hurst could go for quite a while um, with, with what he has. Sam Morsey stands out as someone that you can just see knocking it about the park until he's about 45. And then maybe you're looking at the centre-backs and, and full-backs, maybe someone like a Harry Clark, you could imagine being like, as he progresses and, and maybe as he gets older and you go from being this uh, swashbuckling attacking right-back, do you then get to 35, 36? And you become your... Right back comes centre back, sit deep, two footed tackles, rock hard. Does that transition happen? Um, yeah, I feel like that's maybe more natural, but it feels like a position based thing, I'd say. Yes, do you got any any names to chuck is out? It, so the question is, who's going to retire the latest? Who's going to yeah, be basically. sort of play the latest rather than from from now onwards? Um, yeah. I think Sam Morsey's one that's going to play until he drops. I think he's going to find that you know he's going to want to keep playing and playing as, as long as he can. Um, but yeah, as Alex said, normally it's centre halves that have the and goalkeepers that go on the longest, is it? You know, 
be interesting with with Flagkey, who seems to have kind of got a lease of new life late in his career. Goalkeepers tend to blossom latest, don't they? And he's suited to the modern game. Maybe a goalie if I was playing the percentages. Yeah, and obviously there could be a few who could be become a player manager. They still play and they just manage, you know, so it'd be interesting. But yeah, check out all my ex-Blue stuff. I try my best to cover as much as possible. Of course, the most recent one was Joe Manuel Thomas, who's uh, playing for Kidderminster Harriers with Phil Brown now in charge, which is just mad. Phil Brown, and he's trying to keep them up in the National League. So, um, and funny enough, we played Kidderminster Harris, Harriers once upon a time back in the League Cup when they were a football league team back in the day. I don't know why I brought that up. That was just random. But anyway, boys, next question is... From Callum Pritchett, um, if you Kings had to set up a business, what would the business be about? Could be an individual business or one where all three of you are involved. Cheers. What do you reckon, boys? Oh, what can we do together? Do you know what? I've been saying this to my missus. This is my plan B, C, D, maybe if I you know fail in this in this job, um, if I get you know the boot for my bad hosting skills. Um, I would uh, open up my own, own calf, Roscoe's calf, I'll call it. Um, Cause I love going to a calf, have a nice good fry up and have some pastries. So maybe I have my own calf, maybe, maybe it could be Itchwich town theme, maybe, you know, bring in season ticket holders and stuff. So maybe you guys can help out, you know, be stupid, the doorman, AJ, maybe you can be serving the food. Maybe Do we need um, a doorman on a calf. You're, you're, you're asking Kim Jong Soo himself to be the doorman at this cafe. He's got muscles, the muscle man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Are we anticipating trouble at this calf? Match of... days, match days, mate. You never know. Okay, the way, the way fans trying to get in. Right. Pub? Okay. Could it be a pub? Yeah, it could be. Then, then, then you might need a doorman. That's what yeah, I'd maybe, say. Maybe. Yeah. Should we have? Should we have like an, an ironic that we could have um, the KOA driving school? Yeah. Which uh, Ross runs because Ross would be the only one of us that couldn't do it. Stu could teach the manuals. I could teach the automatics. Um, we could all try and chip in to teach Ross, the owner of the driving school, to drive. <laughs> and um, I think that would be the best way to get the best out of us three. Yeah. Technically, okay. guys, not my taxi already. So you could have a taxi service. So, you know, you might have, I'm the one in the control room going, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, need a lift, boys, need a lift. Who's up? Uber. Who's on shift? Stuba? Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, what well, my individually, mine. If I'm going on Dragon's Den, mm. granted, I need to flesh this idea out a little bit more. But desserts at Indian restaurants. I don't know <laughs> if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. It feels like there's a major gap in the market there. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you feel completely full after an Indian meal. You can always find room for a little, little extra, little, little something sweet. I sometimes I don't want some ice cream served in a plastic penguin, and that that seems to be sort of fairly limited options when you go to an Indian restaurant. Just a bit of sorbet or some ice cream. So I, I'd come up with some sort of uh, new dessert menu for Indian restaurants. That's a good shout. Because I normally what I, what I do is I just have another pint or stuff and have a singer or whatever you know whatever they have available and it's like oh, i don't really want to have a pint really i want like a nice dessert so um no good show like that like that good question callum more of those more of those but i really like dragon's den i've been seeing gary neville's been on there recently they're getting you know guest on there there is some interesting inventions that go on there i think that's just not gonna work but there's some good stuff on there as well so yeah good question next one is uh, going to be a football question, boys, and it's about Leif Davis. Obviously, some interest 
from Premier League sides, West Ham, Newcastle. Of course, Leif Davis is a Newcastle fan, so that's an interesting one. This is from Richard Lee. How high are the chances Davis is still a town player come the new season? And how much does it depend on what league we're in? And also, another question's linked to this, how much is he worth? We, we did about Mario Hudson on the last pod. Leif Davis, how much is he worth? And yeah, Richard Lee, good question, my friend. Uh, go on, Alex. I'll, I think the the main thing to say with this, I'll let Stu take it mainly, but it really depends on the league for me because this is someone who's going to have Premier League ambitions. It's going to be someone that has Premier League quality, as we've seen. I think I mentioned, I did the piece on him about, I've been about four or five months ago now, where I was very much saying it has to be the right team. It has to be the right setup for him to thrive because of the player that he is. But there's no doubt that everything that he brings to the squad, looking at his assists, looking at the chances created, looking at how much he's come on defensively as well, which I think is a big thing that maybe gets overlooked a little bit. Um, they all play into the fact that he is a, a player that should be at that level. And if Town are at that level come August, then I think there's a fairly good chance that he'd still be there. I mean, even at that point, though, if you've got clubs, you've got to bear in mind the two that have been rumoured by TalkSport are, are Newcastle and West Ham. One started the season in the Champions League. The other one is still in the Europa League. These are clubs that are challenging at the, the top end of the Premier League. Um so you'd imagine, you'd hope that if Town went up, it would very much be a case that they could keep hold of him. But if you've got that level of interest, if what has been reported is true, then it's going to be a battle, I'd say, pretty much regardless of um, of what league Town end up in. Mm. Stu, you're going to put? Can you put a figure on it? How much do you think Leif Davis is worth? Um, he's got you know contract until 2025, which was an option involved in there as well. Um, obviously, we, we sold Aaron Cresswell for like three and a half minutes to West Ham, which at the back then was like. That's ridiculous, of course, what he's gone on to do at West Ham and win caps for England. Um, yeah, yeah how, how much do you reckon? I think it depends on whether Ipswich go up or not, whether they can keep him. If they don't go up, I think it will prove uh, impossible to do. And I think, as you say, there's an option there in the contract. So he's effectively a protected asset for another two years, but you don't really want to risk going into the, the final year of that. So coupled with the factors we've just seen, with the latest transfer window that um, FFP is making it difficult for Ipswich to spend and um, they might be tempted to sort of cash in while his value is, is his highest two years to go and, and then, you know, be able to reinvest that in, in other parts of the squad. Um, how much is he worth? While I was watching the uh, Southampton-Liverpool game last night, sort of in anticipation of this question coming up I started to do some rudimentary data dashboard work in terms of just looking back at some some championship sales I mean ultimately what it boils down to when it comes to things like this data dashboard that we talk about it's it's punching in fullbacks that have been sold from the championship of a similar age of a similar contract status and what have they gone for in more recent times there's no point going back 10 years to say Cresswell or whoever, because, you know, the market's changed a lot since then. Uh, last summer, Max Ahrens left Norwich for Bournemouth. That was 7 million, rising to 12. Similar age, I think he was 23, 24. Leif Davis is 24. Um, the difference with him is he had one year left on his contract, so the value had depreciated a fair amount then. But Max Ahrens at that stage had five 
senior seasons of football behind him, two of them in the Premier League, whereas Leif Davis is only really two seasons in properly into his career, um, one in League One, one in the Championship. So, you know, that, that gives you a starting point. On the flip side, someone like Libramento went from Southampton to Newcastle last summer for £32 million. Uh, with the potential to rise to 40, but he's a bit younger at 21. He just had a season in the Premier League and he had three years left on his contract. So he was he was well protected there. So it's going to be less than less than that sort of 30 figure, potentially a little bit more than the Max Aaron's one, but 10 to 15 if it was pro- is probably sort of the figure that I've I've kind of come to, which I think some Ipswich fans will be shouting that's not enough, and but you have to be sensible and realistic about these things. Other clubs are, are struggling to spend money as well. Um, so, yeah, that will be a real tester of Mark Ashton. We've not seen any big money sales really under the new game changer era under Mark Ashton. To, you know, real tester to see how much if how much value he can kind of extract from a star asset like that, and then it will all be about recruitment and how well how well it could, Ipswich can spend again you know you, you look back to the the build up to promotion in 2000 George Burley had to to sell some star names along the way to reinvest and, and rebuild the team and, and keep building you know one sale can get you in you know two three four good players um, so maybe that's something that Ipswich should have to look at if they don't go up this season obviously we, we all hope that they can and and Leaf stays I'm sure there'll be add-ons as well with Lee Davis because a lot of people, you know, are going to say he's going to hopefully win cats for England, you know, future England players. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure Leeds will have a sell-on clause yeah, in there well, as yeah. well. So you know, a reasonable chunk of that money might have to go to them, which is something to to take into account. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then of course these these deals are never the, the the headline figure, are they? It's all based on appearances, and the money comes on the drip over a period of time. Um, uh, you know, there'll be potential for England call-ups and all, all of that sort of stuff in there as well. So we'll see. Yeah, what a player. What a player, Leif Davis. Uh, next question, and it's targeted to me, but I'm not going to try and attempt it. This is from ITFC Wales. Shout out to our Welsh listeners out there. I know we've got a lot. Um, and yeah, it's basically the... would love to hear Ross try and pronounce this long, long Welsh town name, which I think has been mentioned many times before. I think it's 58 letters in this Welsh name. Um, I'm going to use the Google Translate to uh, say it, but boys, if you want to attempt it, you can, but let's take it away. If it wants to play. It's not playing, boys. This is this is embarrassing. Why are you not playing? It was playing earlier. But you, you know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? The, the the one with, like, loads of letters. Why are you not playing? This is this is not very good radio, but, um, but, but boys, can you say this name? I think, AJ, you could... Potentially attempt it, maybe. Got some Welsh blood, haven't you, Alex? Um, I think it might be a stretch. I I have it here on a YouTube video. Should I try playing it and see if I can get it to work? We are looking at how to pronounce this very long name of a village <laughs> in Wales. You ready? How do you go about pronouncing this? Let's give it a try. Llanvar of Queen Gich. Did you get this? That was that was decent effort. That yeah, fair play to the YouTube video that gave that one a go. Um, I need to get. Oh God, that is. Never mind, Alex doing it. The people want to hear Ross take this on. This is Ross. It has yeah. 
That's just no. I, I can't do it, ladies and gentlemen. I can't. It's just too. That's just too many letters. I know I, that. It, I think with Welsh, the double L becomes like a chl, doesn't it? So it becomes like a chlanfair, puliagogoch, and then I, I, does, yeah. I, I think I'm about halfway. Last chlanfair puliagogoch, I don't know. I tailed off a bit towards the end. Ross, do you want to go? No, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That's just I don't want to embarrass myself, and yeah. we will make up for it by doing a Ross pronunciation TikTok. I'm hoping that we can yeah. probably do that either this weekend in Plymouth or next weekend in Cardiff. That's just it's just ridiculous. Well, like, there's four L's in a row at the end bit there. That's wow, so that's a bit like Norwich's first season form right? yeah. earlier. In the season. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Pound fans love that. Um, but yeah, sorry Welsh uh, fans out there, I didn't attempt it, but um, good question though, ITFC Wales, and um, I bet they've enjoyed this year in terms of town going to Wales twice uh, with Swansea. And, and having and also the team fact of that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, yeah, yeah, a lot of Welsh players. Obviously. Do you reckon that like Nathan Broadhead and Wes Burns can Ooh. pronounce that? That might, that's just, that's that's might have to be a, um, might have to be a question it? for them. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, next question, and I think sort of works with um, travelling, and it's uh, from Rich Cook. Top three motorway services and bottom three worst. I think we have covered this before, but we want to still cover it because um, obviously there's new ones that get thrown up. I think, Stu, you mentioned maybe on a podcast recently, I think you went to the same service station um, on the same day, which is a bit depressing, really, isn't it? But, uh, but yeah, you got any that stand out for you still? I know AJ's got a list ready, but um, anything that you like? A list? Wow, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, we have done this a few times, haven't we? Gloucester's my number one. Uh, Beaconsfield's. A strong shout on the M40 on the way to Oxford. Peterborough's always solid. Always a solid uh, stop on the way back, isn't it? Um, I want to hear Alex's. Um, Peterborough and Gloucester would definitely stand out. One again. This is an this is an interesting one because I've not done as much travelling with you guys, and some of this kind of as <laughs> now working. <laughs> That works. That what? Quite a delay. Welsh, Welsh game coming out there. Um, yeah. Oh god, that's throwing me off. Yeah. So I haven't done as much kind of travel. So one of them that, that stood out that I went to the other week was South Mims, and the big reason, like you think about these places that usually have like very fast foody style stuff, and I went here and I was like, that is a Pizza Express in this service station. Mm. That's not normal, and they just opened a Taco Bell as well. Um, Sophie was with me. She counted out, I think, six Starbucks across the <laughs> across the whole facilities. Two were like in the main building. Then they had like a drive through, and then they have like the mini ones as well that you get in the the shops. All sorts going on, um, like that a lot. And the, the one thus far that's kind of stood out as one that I don't want to be going back to is Corley on the M6. Um, Stu and I have frequented Corley quite a bit, considering we've only been travelling for just over half a year. Um, this was trips to West Brom and Birmingham, kind of October, November time. I think we ended up going twice, and both times, look, it wasn't exactly early, but there was very little, I think. And um, I remember Shu, I think, waiting outside of a KFC for about 20 minutes for them to do some food at one point there. Felt a little bit depressing, especially after those two results. Yeah. Mine's um, Cobham, by the way, boys, Cobham Services. They've got everything that you want they've got a nando's boys they've got a nando's so you know that that's that pleases me but they've got a leon they've got a, a noodle place they've got a, they've got an indian they've got an indian as well which 
I don't think I'll ever have an Indian as services. I don't think I'll go that extreme. I don't that think feels like it would do some serious damage. Maybe, yeah. maybe you need some of Shu's patented Indian desserts to go yeah. with that. Yeah, settle your stomach down. Yeah, don't risk that, Ross. If you're in the car with me and we've still no. got several hours on the road together, I'd I'd rather not take that risk. No. If I should okay. have had that ruby. I should have had that ruby stew. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, but there's also an El Mexicana as well, so you can't go wrong with a burrito, which we haven't tackled yet, boys, have we? We haven't tackled. Um, AJ hasn't done that picture yet. Of you know. So the last time that I went to get a burrito, remember this was Peterborough Services. I don't know if Stu got a proper photo of this. I might share it. Does. Um, I got a burrito and it literally just disintegrated. It just fell. The bottom fell out and it didn't end very well. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about getting like one of these massive like beast burritos, but it will happen. I promise it will happen. I like it. I like it. Um, next question is from Kevin Hurst. Uh, with your 10 p.m. De- deadline, what happens if you're late or if a cup tie goes to extra time? It wouldn't be all done by 10 p.m. I think we may have covered this before, but give some more insight, maybe Stu. Um, That's a good question because it's one I've asked of Mark myself fairly recently when there was potential for games to go beyond deadline. And the response was pretty much, ah, it'll be all right on the night. Well, yeah, it'll be <laughs> fine. I've not had a problem before, which didn't really answer my question. Like, hopefully it won't go to extra time, but there is potential for it. And we should probably have a contingency plan there. Um I think there is a little bit of wriggle room in those circumstances. They they'll they'll move around the the various papers within our within our family get printed at different stages off the printers. So if we lost our slot, we might I think we might be able to negotiate getting moved on a little bit. But um, I still don't have the full answer for that. Well, I will have to ask that of Mark when he's back. Yeah. What people don't see is that Mark actually comes into the press box with a cat of nine tails and comes up behind me and Stu and just goes like that, continually just goes mental. That's that's actually how the print deadlines work to get us to work a little bit faster, a little bit of an insight into how these things work. That doesn't mm-hmm. actually happen. Just yeah, in it's case not your we fault we next time. Yeah, exactly. We've had a couple of times where we've been sweating over it. I mean, the QPR game was one where obviously there's a medical incident, which obviously... Uh, heartbreaking ended quite badly on that night, but you always the kind of the thought that you have going around your head at the time is you've got something that's horrible going on. You've also got to balance the work side of it as well, and that, that was quite a tricky. It was the first time I've ever had to kind of do that with that kind of balance, and, and that was quite um, a difficult one. But I think we did end up just about kind of shifting the deadline along and um, getting something out for for the next day. There we go. Hope you enjoyed the insight there, Kevin. I think Mark's just been having us on all this time. He tells us the deadline's 10pm just because it makes life easier for him sat at home. Uh, make sure he's got a bit of extra time to to get it all laid out and read and, and all of that. Just chuckling to himself while we're, while we're sweating in the press box. There we go. Maybe. You never know. We shall see. Uh, next question is from Ben Pritchett. Um, are they? Has he got? Has he both? Both last names here, are they? Are they brothers? Are they family members? No, they're not. No, they'd spell it very differently. Um, but yeah, he, he's asked Ben, <laughs> do the boys wear an Ipswich shirt on match days underneath their shirt suits? If not, why not? Uh, obviously, if you, Ben, you should know this. I'm probably the only town fan on this podcast. Obviously, Stu has been adopted town fan. Of course, Alex has now been covering the team for a year. Cambridge fan, Everton fan. Uh, obviously, He's got the Derby connection. Obviously, now he's lived in Suffolk for many, many years. Um, 
but yeah, sadly not. I think obviously we want town to win every game, but uh, but yeah, no, no shirts are worn underneath. I I've quite enviously looked at a lot of the town merch that's come up and thought I would I would quite like that. And the one that stood out to me, and I showed Ross this um, at a game in early January, was when Jeremy Sarmiento signed mm. for town and the hoodie really? he had oh, sold out. Bam, just like that. Uh, but it was beautiful. But yeah, the best way. I mean, the thing is, having town shirts underneath becomes an issue because, like, if you've got a hoodie or something that you're wearing or a jacket and it's hot and you take it off, then all of a sudden you just got to. So, my advice would be um, to get a town shirt tattooed on. That's how I'd approach it. Um, which I won't be doing. But... Yeah, or, or, or <clears> you could like tone it down a little bit with a pair of socks or something. Sounds like, like you've just volunteered yourself for that. Maybe. Uh... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, there we go. Might yeah. think of the content. Think of the clips. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. There we go. There we go. But no, sorry. That'll sorry. Get the, that'll get the TikTok account up and running, wouldn't it? Would. Yeah. Yeah. AJ yeah. gets an Itchers Town tattoo. There we go. Um, but I, have, I think I've worn a few Itchers Town stuff before at games. If I just fancy it, if I've you know, I think I've worn like a, a rain jacket underneath an armor jacket because I just wanted extra layers. So. I don't wear them yeah. match days, absolutely not. But I'll I'll put them on for five aside now and again. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. a couple of town shirts. Yeah, love it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next question is from the one and only Gareth Beanie, and it's uh, it's controversial, boys. But we may have to get ready for this next season if we do get to the promised land. But thoughts on VAR? Bearing in mind we could be in the Premier League next season, as I said, um, I don't really like it. It's there, isn't it? Um, AJ Stu, your thoughts on it? We may have covered this before as well, but yeah, we may have to get used to it, boys. You may have to be typing away and go, go! Oh no, got to wait for the decision. I am a big fan of VAR. I'm not a big fan of how VAR is applied, mm-hmm. essentially. I think that it's great. I think it gets rid of what can be kind of really difficult mistakes to spot. And I think that people also don't understand how hard it is to be a referee or a linesman. Like we spoke about, for example, the offside and the, the Preston goal. I think it might have been their second one that they scored there. And when you see the camera angles, it, it probably does look fairly clear. But in that moment, you've got a split second to make a decision. It's hard. And if you have that kind of cover there, the backup, to make sure you can spot those things, then fair enough. But the thing that gets to me is when you start drawing lines, when you're taking three, four, five minutes to make a decision, when you're looking at uh, very subjective things as well. Uh, football is, by and large, quite subjective when it comes to those kind of decisions. And when it isn't, the rules of the law are either very, very vague or I, I just, just yeah, plain disagree with, to be perfectly honest. So oh, someone's sneezing upstairs. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, it's one of those where the idea is fantastic. It is, in my eyes, the right thing for football, but the execution is an absolute million miles away. Have you have you, have you covered a game? Obviously, Stu, you haven't, but um, you haven't covered a game. Have you, Alex? In your- yeah, I've covered a few. Um, the one that stands out to me the most, I've done a few kind of Premier League ones before, um, Cambridge have one of their biggest goals in recent history that got a very lengthy VAR check. So they, I think I've mentioned the Newcastle FA Cup game before. But the pass, I believe it was from Adam May to Joe Ironside that led to the goal, might be a little bit for them, but it was around that move, um, was 
it was it was clearly offside. It was miles offside, but the ball took a touch off John Joe Shelby as it came through. Becomes the second phase of play, so the goal stood. Um, it also can get quite complex in those kind of things. I think there's probably people listening to me talking about second phase of play and an offside, thinking, "What the hell's that crap?" So, it, yeah, it's it's not for everyone, and I understand that when it's decisions like that that go kind of very much by the law. Fair enough. Um, it is also quite difficult when you got so long that you're waiting um people have lives to live people have places to go it messes up with transport it messes up with deadlines you know when you're doing that and then you're adding on five minutes of out of time at the end of each game there's just so many different flaws that need to be ironed out with it mm. do you think kieran can like it Stu? do you think he will be a var man uh good question yeah for someone kieran's very methodical and no stone unturned and I think he probably would agree with Alex in that it's something that the game needs to clear up the major travesties that we've seen thinking of Lampard's goal that was over the line for England that was that's goal line technology but I don't know Omri's handball that stopped Ireland qualifying for for the World Cup stuff like that that's what it's there for it just always felt like the whole clear and obvious error thing has never been heeded and my fear now is that referees are almost too scared to or or not scared but changing their on-field decisions because they know they've got the backup of VAR so they'll um, you know they won't give something in because they know that they've got the safety net of VAR behind them and it's just the beauty of football I know people say football's been behind other sports in kind of catching up with technology when you look at cricket and tennis and rugby but there is some more natural stop-start elements to those sports, whereas football is all, you know, chaotic and full speed and high tempo. And, um, yeah, I, I'm i not a big fan, if I'm honest. Um, and I, I struggle to see it's, gonna, it's here to stay now. They've invested so much time and money into it. There's no way it's just going to be scrapped. But I think they need to kind of row back on how much it's used, really. We won't get into sim bins, will we? We won't get into sim bins. Let's not do that in blue cards and all that jazz. We won't talk about that. Um, sort of go. I meant to mention this when we did the Davis chat, um, but as we're talking about Premier League, this is from Luke Driver. If uh, if we make it to the Premier League, which town players can make the step up again, and which players are likely to depart? Obviously, this is a future thing we can talk about if we do get to there. But um, any players that stand out? Obviously, Lee Davis is there, but anybody else do you do you think could be able to do it? Oh. Well, the first thing you'd say is that when Ipswich went up from League One, there was probably quite a lot of discussion about which of these players are going to be capable of, of taking the step up and all of them to a man of, of uh, proven that they can. So that I think that's a cautionary tale not to kind of write anybody off at all. But of course, if we're talking about a bulk of a squad, then going up again to the Premier League, that's such an unforgiving step. Um so I, I don't really want to kind of throw names out there of people that I think aren't aren't capable because I just don't think that's fair or right in the current climate of what this team's doing. But I think there would need to be a, a, a fair amount of surgery done to this squad to uh, to be competitive in the Premier League. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we'll move on. And we'll, uh, we've got, only got two more questions left, boys. Uh, one is a bit of a statement, really, from... From uh, Kieran, um, basically went sponsorship opportunity for the former Magnus stand. Cowway stand has a ring to it. Um, 
obviously we need to uh, put, put a lot of funds into that, I think, to get that stand. Um, and obviously, we want to have a sponsor for this podcast as well. Obviously, we've got our sponsors, Manscaped. Big shout out to them. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. But um, yeah, little shout out to anybody who wants to help sponsor this podcast. Big shout out. But yeah, KOA stand at Portland Road. Boys, that, that's got a nice little ring to it, hasn't it? I fear that the football club with its own podcast might not like advertising another Ipswich Town podcast. Um all over the stand, but one of the things I've meant I've seen mentioned as well is um, what are the um, the new boards that have come in in the, the stands around the Norwich game, the ones that have the, the writing on. By the way, yeah, people. I remember when there was. I mean, Kieran McKenna won't like me for saying it, but the, the dip in form around that kind of December January time. A lot of people said it's the new it's the new advertising boards. They've changed it, and it's all gone wrong since then. And obviously, I think the first game they came in for was Norwich. Um, so people, I don't think have fallen in love with that, but it'd be quite interesting to maybe have KOA just plastered all the way across there. I quite like that idea. Have like loads of away fans in front of massive signs saying, uh, yeah, the KOA stand. I, I like that a lot. I, I hate to break it to you, it's beyond our budget, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard how At much the moment, it costs. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. I mean, with with a little bit of help from uh from the listeners, you never know. Um, yeah, I mean that that stand is going to go for five, six times the amount it was before because of the way the the club's progressing. Um, uh, yeah, a, a lot of money's going to be needed to uh, to secure that sponsorship now, and I think even like those digital advertising hoardings you're talking. Uh, thousands of pounds per minute uh, that will, will only go up if Ipswich can get themselves in, into the Premier League with all the global eyes that you, you have on your games then. So I think that ship might have sailed. You're only, you're only going back, what, 20 years when the East Anglian Daily Times was able to sponsor the front of Colchester United shirts and, and was a bit more prominent around uh, around the ground. But um, yeah, not not now, I don't think. I think that we have still got one, if I can remember rightly, and I think it's right near the dugout. So yeah, it is, yeah. Managers walk past and they see that and went, and obviously managers who we were, you know, well, wanting out, we you know, Paul Lambert was one we wanted, you know, we put a front page and uh, obviously when he was probably seeing that, I went, oh, okay. <laughs> right in front of the dugout. So um, we're still there and obviously we're, you know, you guys are in the, the press box in that stand. So maybe we should just get given it, you know, because, you know, he boys are there, so, you know. Statement, statement, but um, but ah, uh, good question or good statement from 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 KB. Um, and final question is from the Sweet Rice Prince Harvey Davis, and it's a bit of a mouthful this, but um, it's about Roy Keane, formerly of his parish, and uh, Jurgen Klopp, um, obviously leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. But yeah, two week all exclusive holiday with Roy Keane, or one year round the well trip with Jurgen Klopp. Pros of Keane, it'd be decent company for the short term. Good stories, con. Cons is he'll be miserable at times and obviously he'll be moaning about his issues town time. And pros of Klopp, funny, positive attitude. Cons that may get draining over 12 months. So what are you doing, boy? What are you choosing? Obviously, it depends where we're going with Roy Keane and uh, in terms of that two-week holiday. But uh, yeah, where are you going to go with this? I, I couldn't handle the Roy Keane thing. I just think it'll be the most depressing trip ever. And I feel like with Jurgen Klopp as well, if you take him out of football, I think you get a totally different situation 
I mean, this is someone who I think has been, I think he's admittedly been very burnt out by football. And it's probably why he complains about the blades of grass being half an inch too long or the grass being too wet or the fixtures being too close together. Um, I think there's a, a very stressed man in there. Maybe he'd benefit from a holiday, whereas Roy Keane, oh God, yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, the, the kind of the town managerial stint was way before my time, but having seen the kind of, and I don't know to, to what extent maybe the personality kind of has to be there for TV as well, because it is his character and it's what attracts a lot of viewers. But I just think if I had to deal with that for any extended period of time, I would struggle. Still, you got a. I'd take Roy. I'd take the two weeks with Roy. Yeah, a year is a long time. A whole year with Jurgen, and um, it's a long time away from the family. I think I'd, I'd suck up the two weeks with Roy. We might even we might even land wherever we are and probably come to an agreement early on. Neither of us, do, do you want to be here? Not really. Should we just do our own thing? Yeah, all right. I think he'd be all right, actually. I've heard it. There's a lot of horror stories about about Roy, but you speak to some players as well, and there, there's definitely a different side to him, and I think you're seeing that different side to him with his punditry as well. He could probably be quite a laugh, so... Uh, I'll let Alex go with Jürgen and I'll, I'll take the two weeks with Roy. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, both of them probably like to drink, don't they? They like to, you know, you know, of course, uh, German beer for Jürgen and obviously a bit of Guinness for, for Roy. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, there'll be alcohol involved. But, uh, but nah, there we go. So there we go. Another mailbag in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for all your questions. And um, obviously, we're heading to Plymouth this weekend, next up for town. Nice little midweek break. You know, no games this week, but uh, a long trip to Devon um, for town. Um, obviously, old friends from League One. Uh, obviously, they picked us to the title. We played back in October, obviously. Uh, a 3-2 town win and that that thriller there. Barley, Barley Mumba, not Barley Mumba. Barley Mumba, of course, scored the own goal in that game. Of course, uh Always oh, little little tussle between him and the town fans with his Norris connections. But um, opening thoughts on this one, boys. AJ, bring you in. Me and you are heading down to Plymouth uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow on the train. Um, we've got a bit of a, a weekender in Devon uh, to cover the game, obviously. not to. <laughs> yeah, we're not just going to go out on the piss for, <laughs> for the uh, our time in Plymouth. Um, there is a game and work to do as well. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. This was this is the last championship ground I have to tick off, which is quite nice. Would have done all 24 after this one. I think when I mentioned that to Stu and Stu knew he had to do the Sunday shift, I think he was like, oh, okay, it's fine. I don't have to go down there, which um, I, I can kind of sympathise with because I think this will be now four years in a row that Town have had to make the trip to Home Park. That's a long, a long time to go a long, long way. Um, but in terms of the actual match as well, this is tough. I think it's probably one of the tougher games in this little run. I know that um, our goal haven't been as wonderful in the last little bit, but if you look at their performance against Middlesbrough, that when I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's going to be a smash and grab kind of 2-0 Middlesbrough, not really hitting the same height. This was a pretty dominant display from Plymouth away from home, and it was a side that until about two, three weeks ago had not won away from home all season. Um, it doesn't also come as a massive surprise because I think when we look back at the reverse fixture that you mentioned there, Ross, I think they were probably the team that gave Town their hardest game, maybe even up, up until that point. I thought they were excellent and on another day easily could have 
uh, taken a, a draw at Portman Road. So I think it will be very, very difficult. The travel will probably come into play. I know that Swansea's now a, a couple of weeks uh, yeah, we're a couple of weeks on from Swansea, but it's still a long way to go. They're going to go to Cardiff again next week. They've got a midweek game. I know that while the fixtures might be easier, the travel is starting to pile up as we kind of looked at this period that might happen as well. Um, Blackburn on the horizon, all those kind of things. They all play in, but Town are used to this. Town are used to going down to Plymouth. Um, new manager is going to be the other one as well. How are... How, uh, Town going to deal with coming up. I think that they've come up against the Ryan Lowe side and the Schumacher side. So how are they going to kind of um, cope with a new challenge of the manager who has, in fairness, kept a lot of the same styles? So I don't think it's going to be uh, a really big change in terms of what they're doing there with Ian Foster. Yeah, Ian Foster, of course, um, was actually in Saudi Arabia with Steven Gerrard and obviously was coaching England's um, youth setups as well. But uh, yes, do how are you feeling for this one, my friends? We said we've had a tussles with Plymouth in League One, very much different part of the tables now in the Championship. Um, it's just nice that we've got a three pm kickoff at home park because obviously the last two years have been twelve thirty kickoffs on a Sunday on Sky. But uh, yeah, home park we we've, we've, we know this stadium very much so. Yeah, um, Christian Walton's late header almost salvaged something for Ipswich, didn't it? Um, was that the last time we went down there? Um, what a moment that would have been back at his former club. Um, yeah, two two teams that know each other very well, as you say. Um, Plymouth, a bit like Ipswich this year, just, just wouldn't go away. Every time we came in and looked at the results, they'd won again, they'd come from behind. It's probably the way we felt towards Plymouth last year is probably how kind of Leeds and uh, Southampton feel about Ipswich this time around. Um in Morgan Whitaker, they've got one of the division's best players. Uh, surprised he didn't go in January. They did well to keep hold of him. Uh, they didn't keep hold of Finn Azaz, who got recalled and sold uh, to Middlesbrough from Villa, so that they're missing him. Um, and traditionally, they've always been pretty strong at home park because I think of the, the travel involved to go down there and they get great backing from from the home fans there as, as well. But I look at their last two home games and they've lost... 2-0 to Leeds and 3-0 to West Brom um, at home. Uh, and Ipswich, you know, would probably class themselves in a similar sort of bracket to, to those sides. Um, they score quite a few goals, but they concede a lot as well. Plymouth looking at it, I think in terms of home, they've conceded more goals than anyone in the division, 30 goals across their, their home games, but have scored 38 only Leicester and only Leicester have scored more than that. I think um, same same amount of leads have scored at Ellen Road. So um, should make for an entertaining game. I think Ipswich prefer these type of games, like we say, when teams teams want to engage in a football match and, and go toe to toe, and for, for it to be fairly open. Um, yeah, off to see Kieran McKenna fairly shortly. As soon as we finish recording this, and be interested to see how some of the uh, some of the uh, injured players are from from the last game. Obviously, Broadhead and, and Burns and Chaplin all, all going off with with injuries. So um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of team they can field. Yeah, indeed. And hopefully, they're all all okay. Um, predictions, then, boys. Where do you see this one going? Can Town make it five straight wins? Which will be uh, AJ. You've got a stat apparently. So uh, yeah, I completely forgot about this. So I think we were. 
questioned about this off record and i think i was meant to actually think oh when was the last time Stu, have you done any thinking so about it I'll, I'll put i'll put it up so starters the last time that town won five on the bounce fairly recently was in league one last season ironically started with a six nil win and ended with a six nil win so uh, nice. you can probably figure out which two games those ones were at the back end of last season but the last time at least on my count having gone through and trawled through wikipedia and uh the head-to-head stats uh quite religiously this morning the last time that town won five on the bounce in the championship because there are quite a few times where they've gone four and then just dropped points of the draw something like that so the last time they've done five straight wins in the championship i will accept season don't need specifics maybe it was maybe it's on a bit mccarthy maybe still i don't know five well, they had a really good winning start to the season. I want to say it was 17 18 when they won 4 3 at, at Millwall. Um, was it then? That was like the start of the season. I'm sure they won like four or five on the spin. Yeah, it was four. They went to, four. they had Fulham that came and Fulham beat them 2 0. So they, they had four in a row at that point. They beat Birmingham, beat Barnsley, beat Millwall and beat Brentford and then were beaten by Fulham. So that was four. Maybe the did last season. Yeah, did they do it in, in that season? No. Okay. Go and cut. You're going to say it's like years back, aren't you? Was it the 99-2000 um, season? No, it's not that. It's not quite that bad. Joe, Joe Royal era? Is that what we're talking should I um, give it away? Yeah, go on. Should I, I'll try and do something. I need to dig up the um, the Wikipedia. So this was a season where Town finished fifth in the old first division. It was 2003-04. Mm. It was the last time that they managed to record five consecutive wins. That was Rotherham United. Bradford City, Burnley, Stoke and Crystal Palace. Obviously, someone's now going to go back and look through and figure out somewhere I've gone wrong in this calculation, which I think Stu... I, I had the feeling Stu was about to sit there. <laughs> but on my count, the last time it happened was 2003, a run between October 4th and October 21st, the last time they'd done five in the Championship. And it's a surprise, actually, because they've done four, three times so far this season. Um, and those runs were ended by... Huddersfield back in September, Birmingham in November, and Norwich in December. Wow, you're going all the way back to Big Joe and Darren Bent and Kuchi Kanago that era yeah. for five league wins. Well, in the championship. Let me stress in that. The They've done it in yeah. the league. They've done it in the league one a few times, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Can they do it then? Wow, boys, that segues nicely though onto prediction. Can they make it five straight wins at Plymouth? What do you reckon? Obviously, AJ got maximum points last time out, or we got the four points, didn't get the first goal scorer. So, uh, still, we need to get some points on the board, especially you, obviously. Um, so, you can start. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've just referred back to while we were chatting to see what I did at the, after my hot take of Ipswich going 10 games unbeaten. Mm. How many are into that are we now? It started with the West Brom game, didn't it? So, we're half. Halfway through that, so making good progress. Um, the prediction I had down for this game was a 1-1 draw. Um, mm. I'm 
now I'm sort of inclined to maybe start tipping it towards an Ipswich win because of the, res the results that Plymouth have had recently, losing to the teams I've mentioned and, and the form Ipswich are in. But um, I'll stick to that. I don't think a draw would be the end of the world. I know... Uh, I know it feels like everything's kind of must win at the moment with the form of Leeds, um, nine wins on the spin. But I, I think a draw at Plymouth would would be um, would be fine actually, pretty solid. So I'll, I'll say one one. Okay, you got a first goal scorer who's going to score for Town. Um, I'll go with Kiefer Moore again. Oh, Kiefer Moore, why not? AJ, what do you reckon? Leader. Of the, the of the you know prediction league, not the leader of this current state because obviously he's the boss. But yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a tricky one with the injuries to go with the the player because I was going to go Keith Moore, but I'll change that. So for starters, I'm also going to go with a a draw. I'm going to have the uh, the long wait for a five match winning streak in the championship go on. I'm going to go two two. Because I just I just see this one being a wild game. I feel like this often happens with Town and. And Plymouth, and I think there is a bit of animosity between the two. I went on Twitter this morning to see Town described by a Plymouth fan as HMS by second place. So that was a new one for me. Um, first goal scorer, I'll play it a little... Well, it's not really safe, because who knows whether he'll start at this point, but he's not injured, so we'll go with that. Amari Hutchinson, first goal mm. scorer, which will be six goal contributions in a row. So, wow. That would be really nice for him. Okay, I'm going to go for a win because I want to win at Plymouth because we actually haven't won there in a in terms of crowds being in there since 2008. I think we 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 beat them in the COVID season in 2020, but in terms of fans being there, it's been a long time. So I want to go for a win. Um, when I was speaking to the Plymouth guy, he's predicted a free free draw, so he's expecting goals. So I want to expect goals too. I want to go for a nice. I want to go three one. Another three one win for Town because why not? First goal scorer. I just want, I just want, I want Lee Davis to score. I know it's a bit of a rogue first goal scorer, but last time I think I don't know if it was the last game. Was it last game? George Emerson scored, so a defender scored. I think it was that game. Or did someone else? No, it was Ladapo scored. I, it doesn't matter. But uh, Lee Davis to score the first goal. Town going to win, and uh, hopefully we'll come home nice and happy from home park for once. Because the last two years we've lost and, and drawn, so. Um, I want a win, boys. But uh, any other business you want to mention for the Plymouth game? Anything you want to mention? Stu? Just looking at that that last win there at home park in front of a crowd, an Owen Garvin brace and a Kevin Lisby goal. So wow. um, that tells you how long it's been since Ipswich have won there. If Leif Davis scores, Ross, that will add to the different uh, number of goal scorers for mm -hmm. Ipswich this season. He's one of a, a handful that hasn't, hasn't scored yet, isn't he? You, you go through it. I'm just trying to top top them up quickly now. I can't remember. It was something like 17 different goal scorers. I think at one stage it might have even gone up since the last time I looked at that stat. So um, I think that's another one that, that Kieran quite likes, the how the goals are kind of spread out amongst the squad. So, yeah, Leaf, Leaf you would think or would hope could join that at some stage. Cameron Burgess hasn't scored yet. You'd think he's got a header at a corner in him at some stage. So he hasn't scored yet. Wow. Not this season. No. Wow. No, looking at it. So Davis on, has man. been quite um shot heavy when you look at his mm -hmm. shot map. Twenty four shots so far this season with I'm gonna say it and you're gonna hate me. Um an XG of one point four two. Sorry. Um but yeah he's been he's been pretty 
trigger happy there. He has actually technically, at least according to the shot map, scored two goals. It's just unfortunately they're in the wrong net. Yeah. So yeah, technically there's a slight, a slight catch there, but he's quite. When you look at the the 24, he's had 16 outside of uh, sorry, 16 inside the box, eight outside of the box, and header. Um, yeah, free kick there. Um, a lot to go around. So he is he's knocking on the door. I think that there will be one that comes before the end of the season. I've just totted it up. It's a even better stat than I remembered. 21 different goal scorers across all competitions for Ipswich Town this season. And as I say, a few candidates to join them at some stage before the end of the season as well, notably Davis and, and Burgess. So um, that's remarkable. That's really good. Yeah, obviously, like Lewis Travis will probably be involved in that as well because obviously he's one of the loan signings. Obviously, uh, three of the loan signings as well. Other three, like they've they've already scored. So you know, that's part. Yeah, but yeah, incredible stat. And yeah, it's always good to see the team spreading the goals about, which is good. So um, yeah, we're predicting all. No, Jay, did you predict? You predicted a draw, didn't you? Oh, two yeah. draws and a win. Okay. Okay then. So hopefully I'm right, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you go into the game, enjoy it. If not, follow coverage with us as always. But uh, boys, another good pod in the books. Any other business from you both? Stu, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to mention? No other business. Be at the press conference this afternoon. Kieran McKenna due to speak at 2pm on Thursday, depending on what time you're listening to this. So um, yeah, get on the websites for all the latest on those uh, those injuries and team news heading into the game. Indeed. And uh, AJ, me and you, travelling down, young guns on mm-hmm. tour, uh, yeah. getting the train. Uh, should be a good one. Any other business from you? I will improve the mailbag song. I just need to remind myself exactly what it is because I think I've ended up listening to one mailbag episode where Andy's done it and then I've obviously heard you do it last time. This was quite a while ago. It's been pushed to the back of my mind. So I will go and have a refresher. And also because I wasn't expecting necessarily to be doing it today. So I'll, I'll be prepared next time and I'll, I'll know what to do. Um, it will get better. It's fine, mate. It's fine. And actually, a <laughs> final question for the mailbag. And this is from 80s Daryl. He said, why is the music at the end so long? I have to listen to the end if I'm running. Do you ever put an extra clip or comment after the music? So maybe we should do a little Easter egg, boys, just to entice people to listen we've to the done it a few, we have done it a couple of times yeah. in the past i remember once i think i mentioned that i knew all the words to the rap in usher's yeah and then uh there was a little easter egg that not many people heard of me actually performing that at the end so you never know but yeah. um Watch i don't this. think we've done one for a little while but now i feel like we we should do one yeah, we should do one just in case. So, um, yeah, watch this space, ladies and gentlemen. But I think a lot of people just like to listen to it because they could just – it's a bit of a rave, isn't it? So you just end the podcasts. But, uh, but uh, yeah, let, let us know if you want a little Easter egg. Or, or you never know. We could bring it. But uh, we'll be playing that shortly. We've just got to do our plug, as always. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Manscaped, our sponsor. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. Uh, also, follow us on all our socials on Kings of Anglia, on the, the Twitter, the YouTubes the Facebook, the Instagram, and of course, good old TikTok with AJ sorting that out. And also we've got a new deal on our website, £2 for two months for all our great content. You can see our video, you can see our faces of this podcast. So sign up and subscribe. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy Plymouth, you're, you're going. And thanks again for listening to another Kings of Anglia podcast. Bye for now, and let's get into the raid.
going, guys. Here goes. Lonflair, Palgulon, Gogorli, Drobola, la 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 la, go go go. Not even close. Not even close. Let's try again. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Bear with me. Welsh listeners out there, sorry if I'm butchering this. I am butchering it, aren't I? I'm just, oh, this is just dreadful. Anyway, Lenflair, Palgulo, Gogori, Vombalado, Gogogogogog, I don't know. Gogogogog, I can say that bit. I can't do it, can I? That is just. Thanks again for listening.